Up. All the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. One of the new technologies that has increased the potential for disruption across all sectors of society is blockchain. While many people are still figuring out how to use this technology and what it can do, others are already familiar with its potential, like smart contracts, decentralized autonomous organizations, DAO, DeFi, decentralized finance, decentralized finance, and cryptocurrency exchange interoperability. It is important to state that blockchain technology has been faced with distrust and misinformation. Whenever you hear blockchain, most people think crypto. And this has brought a lot of distrust and misinformation in Africa with many Africans associating blockchain with scams, Ponzi schemes and other types of financial fraud due to the prevalence of crypto related conspiracy theories. Well, some of these claims are true, some are false and most of them are because many Africans are victims to fraudulent crypto related investment schemes thereby tarnishing the reputation of the blockchain technology itself all over the continent to better understand what blockchain is and what it can do listen to our podcast episode with the title blockchain why should i care there i talk about blockchain and also the different places and areas blockchain can be put to use on the continent when you search for blockchain the first results you usually get is crypto related and in order for us to clearly understand the differences between crypto and blockchain it's important that we talk about the different ways blockchain can be used that way we make the difference very clear and this episode is one way to ensure that this happens In this episode, we'll be discussing the state of blockchain adoption in Africa with the editor of Africa Blockchain Report, Uluwashin Adekpoju. I really hope that with this episode, it kind of like helps to clear the air on what the technology is and the many use cases as we're using it currently, which will also open up a vista of, you know, different use cases, how we're using and what we can do with the technology, which will also open up a vista of the different ways we can put blockchain to use on the continent. Hi, welcome. Luachion Adekpoju of the Africa Blockchain Report. When the craze first started, you know, blockchain, blockchain, all of that, um, and then crypto. I was having, we're in a meeting, we're like, it was a content meeting and we're talking about, you know, how should we approach this? How should we inform people about, you know, this technology and what it's about? And a meeting that was supposed to last for 13 minutes, you know, just to like say, oh, you know, this, you know, let's do this like this, just this, this, this. It lasted for about an hour, 13 minutes and it was a back and forth. One side was blockchain is not crypto. The other side is crypto is blockchain and they're like no you don't get it i literally had to do a course on blockchain i'm telling you now that blockchain is not crypto crypto is not blockchain i'm like no but it's the same thing and you're like everyone just kept going at you know we just kept going at ourselves you're like oh no we really need to understand you know what is what here one person was you know one person was just hell bent on saying you know what blockchain is a technology crypto is just one way the technology is being used 
another person is like oh well if this thing is the technology that's being used to do this one it's the same thing right we just yeah. did, like had like this back and forth until i had to drag someone you know to say guy you know what we've had this you know back and forth what exactly is blockchain and we talked about that what blockchain is and what it is what it isn't and we also said you know what else can blockchain do aside or besides crypto because at the point crypto was the most popular use of the blockchain technology so a lot of people it still is that's the only way they've actually seen you know the blockchain technology in use yeah. and not in development because it's only when it's in use that's when people can actually relate to it you know and people can say yes you know i've seen this technology in use but a lot of people will still think that the whole of you know crypto as it is in its entirety is what the whole and the entirety of the technology is and it can't do anything more than that or they are yet to see what it can do you know that's besides just crypto so let's start with bursting that you know that bubble that myth is blockchain yeah. crypto and is crypto blockchain what is and what it's what isn't mm, that's okay Let's start. so it's a good question i think a lot of people have always had this misconception about blockchain and crypto and i'll start by saying blockchain is a technology right blockchain is a technology that is approximately 14 years old right from the time it became public as a technology till now it's roughly 14 years old so there's always a misconception of uh, crypto is blockchain blockchain is crypto no um, and we've always bust that bit in a long time but it's okay because a new every new technology we go through this space of uh, misconception to people understanding it more and then for it to for people to understand it fully so blockchain is a technology and blockchain is a technology that is facilitating transparency, that is facilitating security, and that is facilitating decentralization. That is the best way for me to put it for a layman, because when we explain blockchain sometimes, we go so technical and, you know, we keep mentioning all these ice-sanding uh, technical jargons that people don't understand, right? And we must be, every technology that we cannot break down for a layman to understand, might not help us a lot. So uh, the three things, blockchain is a technology that is um, facilitating, you know, data security, that is facilitating uh, transparency, that is uh, also facilitating decentralization of value, right? But, you know, when you look at those three things I've mentioned, and you look at the principle behind crypto, it is just ideal for crypto as a use case to run on a blockchain, right? um if we're looking at a uh, transfer of value for example of, of transaction and we're looking at security we're looking at transparency we're looking at trust and we're looking at decentralization such a use case must run on such a technology so crypto is just one use case out of thousands of use cases of the blockchain technology right so that is the distinction that i'm trying to make here Crypto is just one out of the many things you can use the blockchain technology to do. You know, blockchain technology, blockchain technology is very fast and it can be applied to many value chains, to many sectors, to several use cases in the society and across different sectors as well, not only in the, in the financial sector. Because many people also have that misconception that blockchain is just for the financial sector. No, I think that narrative is strong because in the finance sector, you need 
security is something that comes up more uh, interoperability is something that comes up more and also the ability to track and trace comes up more but it's not only in the finance sector that you use the blockchain i hope that clarification really works and clear enough mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is and yeah. when you say interoperability can we break it down so we understand what exactly we mean yeah and i'll, I'll use an example for for us to break down interoperability the crypto use cases became very strong in nigeria and zimbabwe because of two things number one inflation and number two the traditional banks in those countries not being able to connect with banks from the west in a very smooth way right the crypto use case became very strong in nigeria because most nigerian banks are not connected in a smooth way when it comes to transaction with banks from the west when it comes to you know transacting in foreign exchange and also trans transacting in different currencies right and the best way to do that is to find an alternative way for businesses in nigeria to be able to transact with businesses abroad from the west you need alternative ways if the traditional banks are not doing that and that is why crypto became very strong right so operations then interoperate you know when we break the word interoperability down so how a system can operate with another system and trade with each other in a seamless way that's what we mean by interoperability so if i'm a bank i can't own i first bank in nigeria and i want to transact with maybe chase bank in the us if i'm not able to do that within the purview of the traditional banking system without using external system that is not interoperability but if i can do it and just say send 500,000 naira from my first bank account in Nigeria to Chase Bank in America and the person receiving it receives it in US dollars according to the exchange. If that is done and, and I just I can do that by the push of reporting or I just fill a form and transaction is done, that is interoperable. But if I have to go through different routes, take different days for me to be able to do a simple 500,000 naira transaction, that is not interoperable. And that is what crypto does right in less than 30 seconds i can send that same amount of money in crypto from nigeria to any part of the world in less than 30 seconds and the person receives it in their wallet that is interoperability it saves time it saves my energy and it saves me the headache of thinking about all the third party systems i need to engage to do that for me so that's interoperability in the, uh, in the context of what i've just described okay so we cannot really deny the you know significance and utility of blockchain like you've mentioned in a multitude of a lot of industries despite the fact that many africans currently are uninformed of you know have a completely false understanding of this particular technology and that's why we're talking about this in this episode you are the editor of the africa blockchain report why exactly did you you know and the team decide to undertake this particular report or this research work and so far so good you know what have you generally been able to observe or find out with this report thank you uh so we started the africa blockchain reports at a time when we're getting a lot of you know requests from investors from policymakers, from the academia on accessible and verifiable data points to make 
blockchain education and blockchain investment decision in Africa. And as the foremost uh, blockchain think tank on the continent, we felt we are well positioned by the work we've done in the ecosystem to be able to curate uh, you know, information and good data points that these different stakeholders can use to make their decisions. So that was what informed the Africa Blockchain Reports. And we started at a time when it was very hard to even get people to talk to you about blockchain because or crypto because of the skepticism across the different countries in Africa about it. But we found a way to engage uh, stakeholders, the startup ecosystems, and also a lot of you know technology you know thought leaders in those in different African countries that we've, we've studied to help us reflect together and to co-create um, you know what types of information we should be providing to the different stakeholders that needs this data. So um, that's basically why we started the Africa Blockchain Report. And 12, 12 countries later, we've observed a lot of things. Number one is that a lot of, you know, when we talk from the government side, a lot of governments in, in Africa are taking a wait-and-see approach to the technology, right? And we notice that many of them have been distracted by the scam narratives or fraudulent narratives that have come through through crypto, right? And this speaks to the first thing we talked about, and people, you know, taking crypto for blockchain and blockchain for crypto. So the crypto mess when it comes to fraudulent activities has not allowed a lot of African country leaders to look at the technology behind crypto, which is the blockchain technology. And they are using the the narrative around crypto to judge the the amazing technology that is behind it. And it's preventing them from you know regulating and making policies that opens up their countries to the power of blockchain right so we've observed that so crypto is making many of them to take a wait and see approach uh, and number two for countries who are open to blockchain they have made it clear that they are not interested in crypto and anybody in their country that trades crypto or that loses money to crypto due to its volatility they are on their own but they are open to exploring uh, the blockchain technology. Those, that is the second class of some African countries. The third uh, fourth, those who have not made any statement about crypto, they have not made any statement about blockchain and no information anywhere around what the government is thinking about blockchain technology. And I believe the third cluster seems to be more of a virgin ground for free market experimentation with blockchain technology. Definitely, in the early days of blockchain in Africa as well, a lot of people or individuals or mushroom companies, uh, as the case may be, came together, set up a structure, and they were using the immutable narrative of blockchain to promise people a lot of gains on crypto. And then they were collecting people's money and they ran away. That is the way some people were introduced to crypto, right? And now when you talk about blockchain, they continually use that narrative of what has happened to them with the fraudulent activities that has happened around crypto to judge what they... They don't even want to hear about the blockchain technology because they believe those who sold crypto to them told them crypto is blockchain, blockchain is crypto, is the same thing. And now their money is gone, so they don't want to hear about blockchain. So we've observed that there's a lot of misconceptions still going on on the continent. If you look at all the reports we've published, we are very consistent with you know, palpating the misconception of people about 
the technology on the continent and 80% across all the reports people are actually they actually have the misconception about the blockchain technology and number three thing we've observed is that we do not have the seed funding culture uh, on the African continent for novel innovation most of the old monies in Africa made their money from agriculture from mining from traditional pesto and mortar businesses for example, somebody that made their money from farming knows that you plant at this month, you harvest at this month, this is the amount of money we can spend, this is the amount of money we can make. But imagine you pitching to that kind of person, uh, blockchain, that you want to use blockchain for smart contracts for a particular value chain. They don't understand what you're saying. To experiment more with blockchain can be found within Africa. But the money is in the hand of a lot of old monies who made their money from traditional uh, businesses. And they don't understand novel technology and experimentation, which means they are not releasing money for seed funds to, you know, to disrupt the ecosystem. And in the West, for those, for young people experimenting with blockchain on the continent, most people, most investors from the West feel that Africa is not there yet, technically, to give money to young Africans building blockchain solutions. That is the perception because we've been able to study both sides and most investors from the West would say they don't believe Africa has the technical know-how to build any scalable blockchain solution so they are not dropping money for them. So that is a very big you know, issue on the continent. Thankfully, there's a lot of funding that came into the continent for blockchain investment in the last one year, but I believe more can be done. Maybe because some of these young people have proven themselves to be able to build something that, that scales. Uh, so those are some of the observations that we have made. But the truth is that a lot of people, they are passionate about the blockchain technology. They are building gradually, organically. So you might not have even heard of any, most of them, but when you speak to people in the ecosystem, people are beginning to you know, think about how they can use blockchain for so many things. Maybe in this conversation, I can cite a lot of examples we've seen across 12 African countries that we've studied. Hmm. Okay, very interesting. Now, the first report, you know, which the Africa Blockchain Institute published in 2021, September 2021, you know, Nigeria, Kenya, Tunisia, and South Africa were the countries that it focused on. Was there any reason behind the countries, these four countries that were selected? And, you know, some of the major points you know from that particular report is uh, two that caught my attention would be the majority of blockchain innovators in the four in the four countries being on that 30 years as of 2021 um, i'd want to know if you know uh, right now we still have a lot of blockchain innovators within that age range or we you know have more people who are outside that age range actually experimenting with um, blockchain um, technology in terms of innovating you know around it and then the second thing would be you know that 2021 report you know talked about the fact that there are different use cases you know some people are using this you know in kenya and tunisia for example you know to solve energy related issues right you know how much uh, use cases have we seen and how broadly are we using blockchain on the continent? Thanks. Um, in terms of um, the selection of the countries, uh, for the first edition, definitely we looked at African countries that are mature technologically, right? That was one of the first things we did. We looked at African countries that are mature technologically. 
who have scaled the wall of technology in fancy and they are at the stage where with more support they can blow up right and it's no brainer to study nigeria as part of the first edition kenya and south africa as well and also tunisia so that's one of the main reasons we selected those countries but also if you look at it we also ensure that we touch the different regions of Africa, from the south to the west to the east and to the north, uh, in all the countries that we have studied. That's, that would be the second uh, criteria we used. Um, in terms of you know the age range of uh, inno blockchain innovators on the continent, it's actually consistent across all the reports we've done, across all the countries. Uh, most of the innovators are you know below 30. Uh, and that tells you that that confirms the data that by 2035, Africa is going to have the youngest workforce in the world, right? And that's a confirmation from this research as well. And what we do with that demographic dividend is going to determine what Africa will look like in the next 50 years, right? And one of the technologies that uh, Africa is expected to produce workforce for is the blockchain right um, most of the challenges being faced by most african countries can be solved with the blockchain technology and i believe that the young people below 30 are going to lead that uh, generation of problem solvers right so um but there are also there are some outliers people who are above 30 who um actually stumbled on blockchain either as professionals pivoting into new areas of, uh, of their career or People who have joined a company innovating with blockchain technology and by through learning and working on blockchain solution they are already also thinking about starting their own companies right but most of the innovators are you know below 30 and that is confirmed across board use cases are still evolving but uh, some of the pro most prominent ones we saw uh, for example in nigeria nigeria is the biggest in crypto exchange that's one of the use cases, right? Uh, a lot of Nigerian companies are building crypto exchanges, right? Uh, we also saw the use cases in Nigeria around uh, track and trace of value chain. For example, if you are you are a landlord and you have a lot of properties, there are, there is a platform where you can register your properties and, and you can see in real life the tenants that you have who's moving out and also reports generating reports on the amount of money you've received on those properties over the years the tax you've paid you know the company is helping landlords actually do a track and trace of their properties and you know in real time they can see what is going on with their properties right we've also seen how people use blockchain technology for collaborative contribution for investment right we saw platforms running on blockchain who are doing crowdfunding right crowdfunding platforms mm -hmm. that are running on the blockchain technology but in in ghana for example there's actually a blockchain company who has been working in ghana in the last decade on land title management in ghana a land case can spend 15 years in the court and the company you know uh, helped the ecosystem to you know reduce that time and in one year you can settle your land issues in the court the company made an exit from Ghana recently because their operation has not been visible in recent times. But we saw that possibility and it worked, right? I might not be able to say what happened because it was a government and the company relationship. I don't know what happened to that relationship, but we saw that use case. And also there were use cases of um, using blockchain to hash certificates, right? Um, one of the things that has plagued Africa, especially in the academia, is certificate fraud, right? And we can see that every day. 
so we could see some use cases around that in Ghana. In Tunisia, we saw a company using a blockchain for energy sharing. So you can actually share energy on the blockchain. Um, you know, if for example, if I have uh, 60 units of on my prepaid meter, you have zero on yours, I could actually share some unit on my prepaid meter to you on the blockchain and we can track it, right? So we saw a use case like that. And also maybe I have so much units on my prepaid meter and I need some money and you know, I could actually sell to you. I'll sell the tokens to you, you pay me in fiat and you have electricity, I have the money, right? I think the project has run for five years. They are still experimenting and testing things out to perfection, but it works, right? And so we, we've seen, uh, also in South Africa, we saw music royalty on the blockchain where artists and musicians can actually get their royalty in real time. Immediately somebody stream their music on any platforms, the royalty comes on the blockchain and they're able to cash it out in tokens and convert it to fiat. So a lot of use cases coming up and to summarize those use cases in those four countries, music royalty tracking, land title management, crowdfunding and uh, financial interoperability and transparency and also alternative data for, for, for energy sharing. Uh, okay, these are very interesting use cases. Um, are there some things that you've noticed that were kind of like success stories and also how much of government support has the both the development and the use of blockchain seen on the continent based on what you have noticed or what you know while working on this report for the last um, three years 2021 2022 2023 how much of government support is he getting like some of the interviews I've granted, I usually, when we come to conversations around government support, I usually say that no matter how, because blockchain technology seems to be a rebellious technology in a way, right? Uh, in the way it's structured, it's, it promises freedom, decentralization. But the truth is that you can still not innovate uh, to the peak without the right policies and government support, right? We've seen that over and over again. And I'll use Rwanda as an example. Rwanda is very supportive of innovation, right? And from the government side, they've um, actually been working on two projects, one on land title management for the country, supported by the government, and also uh, a system for mining. So how you can use blockchain to track what is being mined, the natural resources being mined, where they are taken to, where they are being refined, which market are they sold to, they're using blockchain for that and i think both of them are still at you know the mvp stage right and these are you know projects backed by the government supported by the government and we can see the success story so it's important that in africa we exhibit progressive regimes when it comes to innovation adoption because that is the only way there's no technology that you know was introduced at its perfect stage i remember that in the early days of the internet we can still see a lot of things online written by prominent people today who are even leading technology companies who said internet cannot work it's a dangerous technology but i'm speaking to you now because we, we have internet right i'm connecting to people all around the world because we have internet we're able to do business across borders and beyond our physical you know location because there is internet many people are able to go to school via the internet many people are able to make money via the internet we would not because a technology has a lot of disadvantages in its early days rejects the technology 
every process will have to go through a level of iteration until it becomes awesome, right? And that's what I see with what the government can do in terms of introducing a or displaying their own progressive regime towards new technology, especially these days, blockchain and artificial intelligence. There's a lot of um, school of thought on these two technologies, for example. And as we're speaking about blockchain, there are technology optimists for blockchain and there are technology pessimists for blockchain. I'm speaking to you from a school of thought of a, techn a, a technology optimist, right? But we are not we are not also unaware of the regulatory issues that the technology has to go through, the evolution the technology has to go through, and the support, you know, the technical support, you know, the community that we are building around the technology till it becomes a technology that is fully reliant, right? That we can fully rely on, beg your pardon. So it's it's something that governments can do. And we've seen that in, in some of the countries we've studied. Um, where the government uh, has put their their weight behind the blockchain project, those projects become successful, right? And many of them are innovating blockchain solutions for internal government operations and use, and they are not even public goods or you know uh, an enterprise uh, product that you can see in the market. You know, these are the ways we need to start for government to you know be open to the innovation, create a sandbox of experimentation and contribution or even institute situations where you can give a preliminary license to people to experiment the idea. When you see the progress, you can do a permanent registration rather than say an outright no to the technology, right? So, but we've seen cases where in few countries where the government have put their weight behind as supporting blockchain innovation, we've seen a number of success stories, including Mauritius as a country, who are very open to experimenting with the blockchain solution. Okay, so what if we're going to rank the top three supports that the blockchain ecosystem in Africa needs now? What would be the list? What would be on your list of you know top three um, supports? Number one is um, we need government support, right? And many people might not agree with that statement because uh, in building new technologies, it's good to go and build in private, right? And let the government catch up with it, right? But with, uh, with what we're seeing across the continent, and because the blockchain technology is greatly intertwined with financial systems, you will see that it's central banks of countries that actually make statements about blockchain and crypto. That tells you that it's a very important technology, right? So if the central banks are the ones saying it, it shows that we need government support. And what I mean by government support is not even saying we. We, we are supporting you is by creating a sandbox and creating an environment of experimentation right some countries don't even register blockchain companies once they see anything crypto in their book right <laughs> some countries <laughs> don't open bank accounts for blockchain companies right because they don't understand so you know support that would mean is that you know they should remove all this the pre-information they've had about the technology and purge themselves of it and have a growth mindset for experimentation with the blockchain technology. That's what I mean by government support, right? Number two would be you can uh, it's funding. You cannot build any technology and experiment if there are no funding to do that. So we need the, the seed funding. It's still early days for blockchain in Africa, definitely. And we need a lot of seed funding for for our young people to experiment and you know go through their product development cycle. 
And number three will be more blockchain education, both from the policy, theoretical, and also the technical side. We need more blockchain developers on the continent, right? We need more upskilling in that area, which calls for a collaborative work from the alternative technology education platforms, our universities, and also think tanks, how we can accelerate the education. Number one, on the theoretical side, to clear the misconception of the technology in the ecosystem and the kind of advocacy information that leads to people well informed and, uh, and having balanced information and perception about the technology. Number two is for the uh, entrepreneurship ecosystem solution uh, with the blockchain technology. I'll say those are the three top supports that will be needed for the ecosystem. Okay, so let's let's talk about the most exciting thing that you have noticed while working on this report. What has been the most exciting thing that you've noticed? Okay, number one would be the increase in the number of alternative use cases outside of crypto that we've seen uh, between the first edition and the last edition. That's exciting for me how we've increasingly see, uh, seen how young people actually coming up with new ways of experimenting and innovating with the blockchain technology. That's exciting. Number two would be how we've seen progress in some African countries now opening their doors to uh, blockchain innovation. For example, how Ethiopia, uh, for example, has partnered with Cardano to, on digital identity for schools, uh, which is exciting how um, a lot of foreign uh, blockchain companies are actually coming to Africa to have the African version of what they are doing and to contextualize what they are doing to the needs of Africa. I think those are the exciting things that we've seen. And also how we've seen progress in how some countries are beginning to you know, set up working committees, not necessarily technical committees, but committees looking into what is blockchain technology, what can it do for us, where does our country fit in into the future of blockchain? And they are working day and night to see that they are well positioned. Even though they've not, many of them have not made any robust public uh, statement of what they've been working on, but they've been able to show us that they are setting up working committees uh, to look into the future of blockchain for their different countries. I think those are uh, the excitements that we're having. And also how we get reached out to by organizations, investors, even governments, uh, we've had two countries, government of two countries who have read our report reaching out on how we can support them to build that ecosystem and also to work with them on the policy side of things to create an enabling environment for their, uh, for, for their young people and also for blockchain innovators in their countries. So a lot of things that, that excite us. Uh, the ecosystem is a work in progress and we are definitely where we're supposed to be in terms of evolution. And I think the the work by different uh, players in the ecosystem, not only from our organization, from our you know advocacy or from our research, but other people coming together, we can see the contributory factor of the works that we are doing uh, in terms of you know evolution of the technology, more information coming out, people are getting better education on the technology and the government is getting a good data point to make decisions for their ecosystems. So why do people need to get this report? Um, by people I mean both you know those who are on the government and regulatory side, the startup founders and those who 
those who are just enthusiasts, you know, looking, you know, for information and, and all of that. Transformation comes from, you know, when people begin to have more information, and not just any type of information, correct information, they begin to, you know, apply that information to become knowledge. And once we are being able to replicate information, it becomes knowledge. Knowledge grows by wildfire. Because knowledge creates new knowledge, creates new knowledge, and makes the ecosystem robust. So one of the reasons why people, um, and people like you said, are all stakeholders in the ecosystem was, uh, you know, read this report is, uh, number one, it shows the robust and grow of information about the blockchain technology, both from the government side and the general ecosystem side. And what I mean by general ecosystem side are the things that people have that you would not see on the news uh, or that you would not see on the mainstream media or even on any social media. And we've been able to curate this information specifically to tell the African technological stories in the blockchain space. So uh, that's one of the reasons why we are in this report. Number two is to have a directory of who is who in the African technological you know, ecosystem, especially when it comes to the blockchain. Who are the voices that you can work with? Who are the people that can speak for you? Or who are the people you can collaborate with in the ecosystem? Number three, it, it will be good to have access to these reports to see uh, the use cases that are coming out of the continent uh, outside of crypto. Uh, it will be good to get those information, to be well informed. Uh, and number four would be to understand the types of misconceptions uh, that people have on the blog. They are well written and, and documented in this report. Another reason why people need to engage with the report is to understand government position to blockchain technology and how they can contribute to the work to uh, look for better ways to engage the government. I think in the technology ecosystem, we could be rude sometimes in the way we approach the government because we believe we are building the future. But you can build the future from now to tomorrow if the overarching the power that be in the ecosystem where you are building the future is not in line with you. It can affect what you're doing, right? So that's another reason why people engage this report. The final thing would be to report is to, uh, it, it, the report gives deeper insights into what the like predictive analytics of what blockchain will be in the next 10 years, in the next 5 to 10 years on the continent. So anybody that says that want to be a technological prophet, they can read the, the report to give them a lot of information. Okay, interesting. And if someone wants to get into the blockchain space on the continent while we were you know just having a chat you know you were talking about where to actually find help where to find assistance and where to find the communities um and the people who are also doing something maybe you'd want to speak to um, that again for people who are looking to um either doing you know any form of analysis or who just want to connect with you know these communities that are all already doing something in the blockchain space on the continent? Uh, yeah, so we, through our research, we noticed that just when we made the tech of primary data collection ecosystem for entrepreneurs and startups, but we noticed that we could not find some of them uh, in tech ops, and we noticed they, they could rely more you know, the online ecosystem, a lot of Discord communities online, you know, who are actually 
you know, building and sharing information. So they rely on, and the last of information really spoke highly of this on, you know, the reliance of uh, blockchain innovators relying on general Slack communities and Discord communities and Telegram communities. And without mentioning native communities, there are many uh, communities online, so blockchain communities on the continent that, you know, a lot of young people uh, can join. We, we are ready to provide information uh, for anybody that reaches out via the reports. We can send them the list of communities that exist for anybody that wants to learn about what we are building, how to build, and what people are actually talking about in the development space in Africa. Okay, so how can people get this report? Where should they go to get this report? That's one. And two, which um, is the final thing, would be where do you think we're going to be based on the African blockchain ecosystem in the next five years? And this is based on funding, based on use case, based on adoption rates and you know, things like that. Development also of blockchain technology is inclusive. Yeah, good one. I think the, the, the report was the one that on the African blockchain Okay, thank you very, very much um, for the time. Thank you for sharing these thoughts with us. And just to throw this in, do we see a blockchain startup unicorn maybe this year or next year? I know, you know, you know people have talked of um, Qcoin and Scroll, you know, but should we see like the blockchain startup taking over from what, you know, FinTech you know, has done with the many unicorns on the continent? Unicorn, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know yet, right? Because it takes it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of investment. And with the level of investments that we see on the continent now, I don't think we're able to even produce that in the next five years, right? But in terms of use cases of blockchain, building businesses with the use cases of blockchain, I believe we can build a lot of amazing companies. For me, I'm not a pro unicorn person, right? Because in Africa, we need to redefine what unicorn. Uh, and from what we've seen with Unicorn, that doesn't mean that. Unicorn just, yeah, sometimes, 
makes companies derail from their mission and they are on the race to IPO and raise money and exit, right? And we've seen a lot of that uh, in the ecosystem. And in the blockchain ecosystem, I don't think we should be raising for unicorn yet. I think we should be raising for building solutions that works, that changes people's lives, that makes life easy, and that increases security, decentralization, and transparency of value. If we're able to achieve that, we can build sustainable companies without being What if we redefine what Unicorn means? Unicorn puts money in the pockets of few people, and it encourages a, a lot of capitalistic approach to entrepreneurship that does not eventually solve the problem it was set out to solve in the beginning. So, yeah. Uh, but we can build sustainable businesses, uh, if not Unicorn. Thank you very much for that thought. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I've really learned a lot and I appreciate um, this conversation and you taking some time off, you know, to continue to raise awareness around the blockchain ecosystem and the talks around it. Because no matter what happens, we it behoves on us, right? It's a duty for us to raise awareness about this new technology, talk about it, and try to reduce the amount of misconception that's out there by creating you know, the right kind of knowledge that they're supposed to have, that's supposed to be out there, um, to ensure that at the end of the day, we can reap the benefits, you know, the real benefits of the technology for ourselves. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.